Hi, everybody. My name is Pat Hogarty, and welcome back to California Real Estate Principles, Real Estate 300. This happens to be show 31. So we only have one more show left after this, if I've done all my calculations correctly. I'd like to take a minute and thank our captioner, whose name is Yvette. She has, uh, she's the one that actually puts all the captioning down for our hearing impaired people. So, uh, during the time that they're watching the show, which is a really, really difficult task. Uh, for those of you that ever want to know how you watch that, uh, usually on your remote, you usually have someplace where you can turn on the closed captioning or turning it off. So if you turned it on, you'll see some words on the bottom of the screen, and that's what she's basically doing. Uh, what we want to do today is we want to finish off on our discussion on real estate math. Uh, what I'm basically going to do is just do a quick review of what we discussed the last time, and then I'm going to go ahead and move on to the problems at the end of the chapter. And uh, I'm going to work through each one of those. And the purpose of this is that hopefully it's not the actual math that's the difficulty. And I think a lot of people that have an aversion to math uh, think it's math, numbers. It's not. It's really in any kind of a math situation, which you really, especially real estate, is what you're trying to do is understand a word problem. Now, these are actually in reality fairly easy because the information is written down. Many times when you're working with a client, you're the ones doing the math and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what is the price you want to sell for? How soon do you need to sell? What happens if we take title on this day versus this day? So you have a lot of things that are not written down. You're actually working with your clients trying to figure out what the numbers are. You're actually trying to make the word problem up. So it does become very important that you, you, uh, you get used to trying to figure out what people are looking for, what the answer is that they are looking for, and that's usually the difficult part of the problem. The other thing that I want to mention, too, is that a lot of times when you're working with these, you're looking at how you approach a problem. How do you resolve a problem? Any kind of career that you would choose, I don't care whether it's medical, business, uh, rocket science, it doesn't make anything any difference. What it is is once you understand how to approach and correct a problem, then that helps you solve other problems. And really what you're doing is you start to build this sort of tool chest of things that you can use and then you have, develop an ability to look at something and figuring out how, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix the problem? So what I wanted to do was uh, just a couple things I want to mention as we go through. The last time I mentioned about how important it was for you to understand some basic measurements that we discussed. We talked about the thing that it was important for many times when you're working with clients, especially that are coming from another country, we're using, uh, you know, inches and feet and miles, and they're used to doing things in, in the metric system, meters, centimeters, all those kinds of things. So you may think when you initially look at this and say, well, well, that's silly. Why would I ever, you know, need to know how many inches are in a foot? Well, if you go to their country, you may find out you're talking about meters, and you're going to have to understand how that works. So understanding and be able to explain that's very important. The other thing is, is that there's some kinds of measurement that you're really going to have to have a handle on when you're doing some calculations of problems. So you'll need to know certain things like how long is a mile, 5,280 uh, feet. How many square feet are in an acre, 43,560. You need to know those things 
not only to solve day-to-day problems, but also to be able to pass the real estate exam. Because they'll talk about things like, hey, it's a quarter of an acre, a half an acre. Uh, How much would it sell for per square feet? And you're going to have to have some way of figuring that out. Uh, Also, when we deal with things like uh, legal descriptions, you know, you may very well have somebody give you a uh, meets and bounds description or a government survey description. And you're going to have to be able to take that description and then from that figure out, you know, how big of an area are we talking about? Because the question may say, based on the legal description shown above, if the, if the farmer is selling his property for $500 an acre, what would be the total sales price of the property? You're going to have to figure that out. So it's very, very important that you understand those basic measurements. Uh, we also talked about some kinds of tricks of working with, uh, working with triangles. Uh, the idea is, is that, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of throw this up on the document camera if I can. Uh, we talked about the fact of uh, understanding and working with uh, measurements such as figuring out uh, things such as a rectangle. And the reason why we want to do this is because in reality what we're doing is we're taking a very large problem and we are breaking it down into smaller problems. So if you have a home that happens to be different size rooms, you know, those are just a series of rectangles and squares and triangles in order to figure out the square footage, whether it be property or whatever. Very, very important. That's really hit a lot on the real estate exam, knowing how to do that. Uh, so we talked about that. We also talked about the fact of uh, the use of the triangle uh, in the book. And I mentioned to you that if you look at the triangle in reality, if I went ahead and... Uh, sort of mark this thing off a little bit, you would notice that this is in reality two right triangles put together. So we basically know, and if you look at it for another extreme, if I took this and flipped it the other way, this is really like having like a rectangle with a line drawn from corner to corner. So you kind of have to look at these things in different easier ways to solve the problem. Um, Going on from there, we did discuss this particular problem where that we had a floor plan and we talked about the fact of breaking down a house, if you will, which you're going to do, especially people that are doing this on a regular basis like an appraiser. An appraiser many, many times has to go out and measure a house to, for no other reason figure out the square footage because he or she is trying to compare that to another property, or maybe they have to apply something called a cost approach, and they have to know how big is the garage, how big is the livable space. So this is a good example of how, by knowing some portions of the information, you can then solve for the rest of it. So we discussed that. Um, Going on from there, I'm just trying to see. uh, The other thing that I thought was important that we discussed was the uh, thing called the Huber's Pyramid. That was this, or Hubbers, Huber's, however you want to put it. As I mentioned before, the concept behind this pyramid is so that you, in reality, don't have to have math. What's happening is that to use this pyramid, you're always supplied with two pieces of information, and you're solving for the unknown. And so your main issue is trying to figure out when you're reading the word problem, what is that? You know, is it a percentage? Is it the amount that I invested? Is it the amount that I earned? And then where do I put that in here? And so what you're going to be doing with the pyramid is that you're going to have this pyramid. And as I mentioned the last time, on one side, notice that if, you, if you're looking for something up here, in other words, if that happens to be the unknown quantity, you would put your thumb over that. 
and you would take whatever is here, multiply it times this, and it would give you the answer to that. Okay? So your first job is to read the sentence, read the problem, figure out where to plug the information in. Okay, know what you're looking for is an unknown, and then do the math. If something is up here and down here, then you're going to divide this into that. If something is down here and it's up here, you're going to divide this into that. If something, if you need something up here, but you have these two pieces of information, you're going to be doing the math, you're going to multiply. Okay? And again, you can always, once you know the answer, you can work the problem backwards to see if that makes sense to you. So we talked about that. What I want to do now is I want to go to the problems that are at the end of the chapter. And I'm going to throw these up on the document camera. And uh, what I want to do is I want, I want to, um, and I'm going to be doing several different things in order to make this all work. I'm going to be doing some writing also, hopefully. What I want to do is I want to point out that, uh, if Bob can come back to me for a minute, what I want to do is this. I want you to realize that when you read the word problem, you're trying to have a comprehensive overall understanding of what's going on. Maybe sometimes you may have to read it and think about it, put some word pictures with it, put some people with it, you know, visualize this person, this lady or this gentleman or these people buying a house some way that you understand it. Um, the other thing that's important, too, and you'll see this in, in these problems, is you need to make sure in math that you're always comparing apples to apples. And let me explain what that means. You may very well be given a monthly interest payment. And you may be asked to look for something like, how much money did you borrow? What you have to do is you have to realize that a monthly payment is one-twelfth of a year. So you may very well find out that you're going to have to convert that monthly payment into a yearly payment before you can finish the math. So that's what I mean by apples to apples. You just can't take a monthly payment and divide it into a yearly amount. You have to do some math to get everything sort of straightened out. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read this first problem. I'm going to talk about it, and then we're going to go ahead and do it. First of all, first problem says Mrs. Donaldson exchanged her fourplex. Now, what a fourplex is, is it's a building that has four apartment complexes with it, four units. Okay, It's a rental piece of property. So Mrs. Donaldson exchanged her fourplex with a fair market value of $100,000, and she had a loan on the property also of $52,000. Okay, so she had, she owed, um, I'm sorry, she, the value of it, if she sold it, was worth 100000 That's what it would sell for. That's what it would appraise for. That's the market value. Okay? She had a loan against it for $52,000. So if we just in our head said, okay, if she has a property that's worth $100,000 and she owes $52,000, that means she's got $48,000 equity. That's like, you know, that's like money. That's her money. She can do whatever she wants with. Okay? That's what that is. She wanted to exchange it for a, for a larger building with a fair market value of $150,000. So she wants to trade up, okay, with a loan of $42,000. Now, if we take a look at this, this guy that owns this uh, small, larger building that's $150,000, if he has a loan against it, we basically take the $150,000 minus the $42,000, which means that he has an equity in that building of $108,000. I'll write that down again, but that's basically what we need to understand. Using only the above figures, how much money did Donaldson have to pay to complete the exchange? 
it's obvious from looking at the properties that Donaldson has a smaller property. She wants to go to a bigger property. She can give them her property, but she's also going to have to come up with some cash or another loan or do something. So they want to know how much is that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and see if I can write this down. And I don't do this very often, so I wish I was an accounting kind of a guy. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can write this down and watch what I'm doing here, get it right there. So I'm going to put down here, this is the fourplex, okay? That's the fourplex property. This is the apartment, okay? And I'm going to kind of draw a line down here like this. Now, what happens is, is her fourplex, the market value, okay, let me see if I can get this. Maybe I need to make this a little bit smaller. Hold on a minute. I probably, I wish I was the biology teacher. She does a great job with this. So this is the fourplex, okay? And this is, I'm going to divide this in half like this, and this is the apartment, okay? And this is kind of weird if you've ever done this, trying to do this. So the fourplex has a sales price of $100,000. That's what her market value is. That's what she could sell it for. She has a loan on it for, I believe... Uh, let me see, $52,000. Okay, so that means her equity is $48,000, if I've done this right. Okay, that's her equity. On the other hand, the apartment, that has $150,000. Okay, they happen to owe against that building, I believe, $42,000 which means that this guy has an equity amount of $108,000, okay? What she's going to do is she wants to give this guy the building, okay, which in reality has equity against it, okay? So when he gets the building, he's going to he, what he's in reality getting is he's getting $48,000 worth of equity. So, when he, so I have to take and put the $48,000 here like this, and I have to figure out how much more money she needs to actually have. So I take this minus this, which is 0, 0, 0, 0, 4 from 10 is 6. So she needs to come up with another $60,000 in cash. Okay? What's important about this, about it's not the answer as much as how we solve the problem. We have to first figure out what the equity is for the fourplex. We have to figure out what the equity is for the apartment complex. That equity will tell us how much she has that's actually value. She's going to use that value, if you will, as a down payment on the fourplex, okay, or on the apartment house. The apartment house has 108,000 equity. She's going to put 48,000 in the form of her property as a down payment. This is how much she's going to have to come up. It's just setting the problem up. That's what's important. Okay, so that takes care of problem number one. Okay, now that I've got that one done, and hopefully I don't run out of paper. Okay, the next one, next problem that we have here is Carol. Not that Carol's a problem, but Carol is the next problem. Carol borrowed $5,200. That's how much money she's borrowed. And she signed a straight note with an interest rate of 7% per annum. When we talk about a straight note, a straight note means that there is no compounding effect. 
Essentially what happens is when she borrows the money, all she is ever paying is the interest on the money year in and year out. At the end of the term of the loan, she still owes $5,200. Okay? So she borrowed the $5,200. She signed a straight note at 7% per annum. If she paid $1,125 in interest during the term of the note, what was the term of the note? How long did she run the note for? Well, this is another one of these apples versus apples things. What we have to do is figure out how we're going to solve the problem. We do know this, that if she's borrowed $5,200 at 7%, that we can take the 5,200 times the 7%, and that's going to tell us how much she pays annually. Okay? Then once we know how much she paid annually, okay, we need to further divide that out into months because what it is is it's giving us the answer in months, not in years. So we have to do is we're going to end up having to divide that amount, that annual amount, by 12 to figure out how much per month. Once we do that, then we can divide that into the 125, uh, 1,125, and it'll tell us how many months. So I'm going to do that. Let me see if I can get this working. Hopefully I don't run out of paper, okay? So step one. Step number one, okay? We have to take... The amount that she borrowed, which was $5,200, and we have to multiply that times how much she's paying in interest per year, which is 7%. Now, if you remember with the 7%, what we have to do, and I'll just go ahead and put this over here. Remember, the 7% is written like this. What we have to do is we have to turn around and move the decimal point from here, okay, from over here to over here by two places. That's part of what's in the book. So what's going to end up happening uh, is that we have to multiply. We have to take this and put 0.07%. Now, once we do that, then we're going to do the math. Now, the important point is that we need to know how to do this because we could very well be on an exam and we're going crazy trying to make our calculator do it. We just need to know how to do it. So I'm going to do the math. So it's 7 times 0 is 0, 7 times 0 is 0, 7 times 2 is 14, carry the 1, 7 times 5 is 35, and 1 is 36. Okay? Then 0 times 0 is 0, times 0, times 0, times 0. Okay? Anything that I multiply times 0 is going to end up being 0. So it's 0, 0, 4, 6, 3, two decimal points. So that's how much she pays a year. Okay? Hooray. Okay? So now we know what she's paying per year. But remember, they're giving us the answers in months. So what we have to do is we have to take this 36, uh, and uh, we have a gentleman in here that will give me the figures here, but we have to take this $364 per year and divide that by 12. Okay? So that's 364 divided by 12. Now I do the 12 into the 36 goes three times. Three times 12 is 36. Subtract, you get zero. I bring down a four. It won't go, so I have to put a zero. I have to bring down another zero. 12 goes into 40 three times. Three, and I put a decimal point here. Three times 12 this 36, subtract, I get 4, I bring down another 0. So what I end up with is I end up with a number that's 30.3333333. Okay? But that tells me how much she's actually paying per month. Okay? Now, what I need to do is I need to figure out 
she actually paid a total of, and let me put this probably over here, the interest that she paid was 1100 and $125, okay? And she is paid $30.30 per year, okay? And I'm not going to go ahead and do all the math that's involved in doing this, but if I take the 30 and divide that into this, it ends up being 37.09, which is in really talking about 37.09 months, okay? And because the, uh, because the 37, because the 0 .09 is less than 0 .5, I'm going to make it 37 months, okay? That's the answer. If I wanted to figure it out, reverse of that, I could take the 37 months times whatever the monthly amount, which would give me my original answer back. So what's important about this? What's important about this problem is I start out with the original amount. That's what it is. It's there. She's paying 7% per annum, so I had to convert the percent to uh, the percent to a decimal point. Do the math, figure out what it was for a year, then turn around and figure out what it was for a month. And then because I knew that that's the total amount that I paid over that period of time, I could divide the monthly rate into that, and it tells me how many months. Okay? Again, there's no hard math there. It's just basically, uh, it's basically what the, uh, it's the word problem. And you are allowed to use a calculator, by the way, on the uh, real estate exam. Okay? Next one. Looks like i got to hurry up on this. A woman owns a rental unit that nets her $450 per month. Again, we're back into this thing on a monthly basis. She realizes 10% return on her investment each year. What was the investment in her property? So what's happening is that she's, again, getting, we're talking about they're giving us $450 a month. So what we have to do, and we know 10%, we know percentage rates are based on a yearly basis. So we have to convert the $450, if you will, into a yearly amount. Okay, so we can compare apples and apples. So let's go ahead and do that. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take the amount that I am paying per month, which is $450 a month. I am going to go ahead and multiply that times the number of months and I'll just do the math. 2 times 0 is 0. 2 times 5 is 10. 2 times 4 is 8 and 1 is 9. 1 times 0 is 0. 1 times 5 is 5. 1 times 4 is 4. So that means 0, 0, 9, 5 is 14. That means that she is getting $5,400 per year in income. Now, in order to make this work, what I could utilize is I can utilize our old friend, Uber's pyramid, to solve the problem. And if you remember, the pyramid goes, if I can draw this correctly here, goes something like this. Something like this. Okay? It's kind of hard drawing this thing. Okay. If you knew what it was like drawing this and looking at another screen. Okay, so what I happen to know in this particular case is I happen to know that uh, that she realizes a 10% return on her investment. So that's a percentage. That's given to me. 
So I can put the percent in here. Okay? The next thing that I happen to know is I happen to know how much money she has made on a yearly basis. So I can put this up here. Okay? The question mark is I want to know how much money she had to invest in order to receive this. In other words, what is the figure in here times 10% that gives me that? And in order to do that, what I do is I just take, if you will, the 5,400 divided by the 10%. Remember, I have to move this decimal point from here to here. So I'm going to put in 0 0.10. And when I do that, when I do all of the math, if you do all the math, it's like putting 10 into this. And what it comes out to be is 54 thousand dollars that's what she paid and if I wanted to check my math I could just say 10% of 10% of 54,000 is 5400 dollars okay so that's the answer to that problem now that we've got that out of the way the next problem that we have is and we're moving along is number four number four says let me see okay number four says and the assessed value of a piece of property is $48,700. Remember, the assessed value, that means that is with what the, pro the county property tax assessor has appraised the property at. If for no other reason, we could turn around and say because of Proposition 13, you know, that's what we bought it for. That's the sales price. That's what we're going to base it on. So what we do is we know that the property the property is worth $48,700. That's what we're going to use for assess. That's what we're going to have to pay property taxes on. We know that the tax is $1.02 per $100 of assessed value. Okay? $1.02 per $100. So what we have to do is we're going to have to figure out how many 100s are there in 48700 then we're going to have to multiply that number times 1.02. Okay, so let me do that one, if I can remember how to do this. Okay. We have the property is, is worth 48700 In order for me to figure out how many 100s are in there, I take 100 and I divide that into this. I go 40, 100 doesn't go right here. This happens to be, uh, anybody tell me? Four, right. So four times 100 is 400. Subtract, I get 87. I can't divide that. I have to bring down a zero. Four goes into eight, 800 and 870 eight times. Eight times 100 is, 100, is uh, 800, 807, 800, yeah. Subtract, I get 70. Okay, I bring down another zero. 100 goes into 700 seven times. Seven times 100 is 700. Subtract, I get zero. So I know there's 487 one hundredths in there. Now what I do is I take the 487, because that's what this is, times $1.02, and that'll tell me what my assessed value is. So 2 times 7 is 14. 2 times 8 is 16, and 1 is 17. 2 times 4 is 8, and 1 is 9. 
zero zero zero. Correct me if I'm wrong. One times seven. <clears throat> sorry here. One times seven is seven. One times eight is eight, and one times four is four. I got four, seven, nine, and seven is sixteen. Four, uh, four and one is nine. Four, two decimal points. It should be four hundred and ninety-six. Is that right? Four hundred. We have four hundred ninety-six dollars and cents per year, and that's how I solve the problem. Okay. Again, the math is not hard. It's the it's figuring out what the facts of the case are. Next. Next problem is this. Number five. Okay. Next problem is number five. Oh, okay. Number five says, how much would have to be invested at 7% in order to provide an investor with $640 a month of monthly income? Now, let me tell you why. Let me take a minute and tell you why this is important. This, impor this problem is an important problem for you to know, even if you're not in real estate, because what you're doing, for example, when you get ready to retire from whatever job you're doing, you typically are going to have a certain amount of money in the retirement system. And your question all the time is going to be, well, how much am I going to receive in retirement without having to work anymore? How much money is going to have to be on deposit? In fact, you may very well be saying to yourself in reverse it and say, you know what, I did all my bills, and I'm going to retire in a few years, and I know that I want to have $2,000 a month coming into the house. That means I, if I'm just laying around and watching TV, I, that's what I need to have happen. Well, how much money do I have to have in the retirement system to get this monthly income? What do I need? So this is a very common problem that one needs. And you'll be faced with this, by the way, when you get ready to retire. They'll say, hey, you got X amount of dollars. Where do you want to invest it? Okay, so very, very important, especially with people nowadays that are having things like 401K plans, 403B plans, retirement plans. You're faced with this decision. How much money do you put in? You may get to the end and say, you know what, I'm not putting enough money in. I need to put more money in. So that's, this is where this comes along. So anyway, to go back over the problem again, it says, how much would have to be invested at 7% in order to provide an investor of $640 a month in income? A lot. First thing that we need to do when we take a look at this problem is we need to say, wait a minute, 7% is an annual rate. We know that. We know that $640 is a monthly rate, so we can't compare apples and oranges. We've got to compare apples and apples. We know we can't divide this by 12. That makes absolutely no sense. So what we have to do is we have to figure this out on a yearly basis. So we're going to have to take the $640 a month, and we're going to have to multiply that times 12 so we know what an annual figure is. Okay? Then once we do that, they're asking us, that's kind of like what we make. That's like what Uber's pyramid again, like what we made. So what we're going to have to do is figure out how much money do we need to put in there in order to make that kind of money. Okay, what do we need to put in there, multiply times 7% to give us an annual figure of that amount? So this is what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and do this one. And I'm going to write this down here, see if I can get this thing straight. Okay. Okay, so we need to start off where we say that we have, we want to have 600 $640 a month. Okay, that's what we want to have. 
That's how much income we want to have. Okay. We know that what we need to do is figure this out on an annual basis. So we have to multiply that times 12 because the interest rate is going to be at an annual rate. So to do that math, 2 times 0 is 0, 2 times 4 is 8, 2 times 6 is 12, okay? 1 times 0 is 0, 1 times 4 is 4, 1 times 6 is 6. 0, 8, 6, 7, okay? So we're going to need to put, we're, we're, we're going to get, we want to receive $7,680 per year. That's what we want to receive, okay? That's also thinking about how much we made, how much we make. Remember that what goes up in the top of the part, top part of the pyramid is how much we make, like how much interest we earned, what kind of profit we had, stuff like that. So now what I'm going to do is move over here, and I'm going to do the pyramid. Okay, I'm going to try to do this here just by not looking at that because if I look at if I look at the screen, it's driving me crazy here. Okay, and I'll go like this, right? We know that what this person wants to do is that they happen to have a, uh, let me see, that happens to be a 7%, 7% return that they want. What they know that they're making is $7,680 a year, okay? And the question mark is right here. What is it that we have to have multiplied times this to give us that? That's what we need to know. We're putting our thumb over that. That's the unknown quantity, okay? We have to divide this by that. That's what it's telling us. It's saying divide this by that. Now, in order to do the division, I just basically, if I can move this up here, I just take this number, okay, which is $7,680, and I divide that by, and remember, we have to move the percentage from here. I have to put a zero over to here. So it would be 0. Point, uh, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. In fact, let me get a new piece of paper. That might work out even better. Let me just redraw this quickly. Okay. We need to have draw the pyramid right here. Okay. So I'll draw the pyramid. So we know that what we're looking for is we have 7%. We talked about that. We know that we have 7,680, and we know this is what we're looking for. We know by this very nature that we're going to have to divide this by that. The way I always learned to divide was like this. Remember, we have to move this decimal point from here to here. So that's 0 0.07 divided into $7,680. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do at this point is let's say I, I want to try a new wrinkle. Let's say you're at the you're at once you figured out the word problem, you're at the board of realtors or you're at, taking the exam, and now what you need to do is you need to use your calculator. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use a Windows calculator, which looks like a calculator, and I'm just going to put it in there so you see what I'm going to do. And I'll probably use this a couple times. So here now that you got the problem set up, you've got your calculator. We know that the top figure is seven thousand six hundred. And uh, $80, 80, divided by uh, 0 0.07, and that comes out what the figure is. And it's got a bunch of numbers there, but it basically is $109,714.29.
That's what that is. Okay? And just so you know, so you can see this up here, that's one, this number right here is 109714, okay, which is $109,714. Then, then the decimal point, uh, it's 0.28, and the, because it's a 5, we're going to raise it to a 9, uh, to a 9, 0.29, which happens to be, I believe, it's C. Okay, C happens to be the answer. Okay, so let me flip this thing around. Uh, wrong thing. Okay. Okay, C happens to be the answer. All right. Again, C. C is the answer, which is right here. Okay. So the point is, is once we set it up, the calculator is just the last little bit that we work with. How do you kind of get good at this? Uh, you do lots of problems. You do lots of problems, okay? Um, you know, one time when I was going to Sac State, years and years ago, I used to go, one of the things I used to do when I was taking a lot of math classes is I was always going to the tutoring lab and getting help. And I'd always go in there. I mean, I was kind of part of the, the fixture <laughs> in there. We have, a, we have a tutoring department here in the business area. And after a while, you know, a lot of the students that were doing the tutoring were from other countries, they were from India, they were from Iran, Iraq, China, all over the place. Finally, one day I said to them, you know, why are you guys so smart? You know, how come you guys seem to just be knowing how to do this? And what they said, you know, in our country, when we go to high school, we do hundreds, we do thousands of problems. We do them from every single solitary angle you can think about. We do that for four years. You know, we take a lot of math and we do a lot of problems. He said, in, our, in your country, what the problem is, is that you want to do one or two problems and think you're an expert, <laughs> not realizing that what you have to do is a lot of repetition. And I took that advice, uh, I took that advice seriously. What I did is I started actually going out and buying some additional books to help me do more problems so I would know how to solve the problem. And I found that to be very helpful, you know, for me to develop my way of approaching it. So it is important. And again, the math is critical because everything you're doing in, in real estate is coming down to this math thing. You know, the client's saying to you, what should the property praise for? Hey, guess what? That's math. You know, what kind of a purchase offer should I make? You know, uh, what's my, how much am I going to walk away from the house? What's my net income going to be? Or, you know, what are my monthly payments going to be? You're going to have to figure that out before the client ever puts the offer in. Or maybe before you take the listing agreement or before you are sitting there with your client who's received this offer and they're saying to you, you know, Joe, what, what am I going to come out of this transaction with? And you're having to figure all this stuff out and say, well, you will come out with, you know, $55,825.95 and show them how you figured it out. And you don't want to be wrong because they're really going to be upset when you do the math wrong. In fact, you may be standing again in front of your honor and saying, your honor, I'm sorry, but, you know, um, <laughs> I didn't pass that math part of the real estate principles class. Very important part. Okay, next. Uh, question number six. The second quarter interest on a $7,600 term loan at 8% is. Now, the first thing that you should realize is they're talking about the second quarter. From financial uh, approach, we have one of the ways that we report things, and you see this in all, all the newspaper on a regular basis, we talk on a quarterly basis. We say, the, you know, like if you open up the Sacramento Bee business section or the Wall Street Journal or anything, and they'll say, hey, 
HP or Hewitt Packard or Intel or Microsoft's first quarter results is this. So what happens is, is businesses are very used to reporting things on a quarterly basis. Okay, And what we are basically doing is taking a year and dividing it by four and saying every three months is a quarter. Okay, So what they're doing here is they're saying in the second quarter interest on a $7,600 term loan at 8% is what? So what we have to do just from looking at that is we know that the loan amount is $7,600. We know the interest rate is 8%. When we take the 7600 times 8%, it's going to tell us what our monthly or what our annual interest is. And then we're going to have to divide it by four to figure out what it is for a quarter. Okay, because a quarter is like 25 cents. It's, uh, you know, 25% of a dollar. So how do we do that one? Okay. Same thing again. What we're going to do is we're going to take the loan. The loan happens to be a 7,000. Let me see. Get up here somewhere. A $7,600 loan. Okay. Times... And remember, we're going to have, it's at, uh, yeah, 8%. 8%. Remember, we're going to have to move the decimal point from here. We're going to have to put a zero here. It's two places over. Then we're going to do the math. 8 times 0 is 0. 8 times 0 is 0. 8 times 6 is 48. Carry the 4. 8 times 7 is 56 plus 4 is 60, if I did my math right. Okay. If we want to do this, 0 times 0 is 0 times 0 is 0, 0 times 0 is 0, 0 times 7 is 0. 0, 0, 8, 0, 6, two decimal points. That's $608 a year in interest. Okay, that's what the interest is. Now we have to do is figure out what it is on a quarter. So what we have to do is we have to take the $608. Uh, let me do this on the other page. We have to take the $608 and divide that by 4. Okay. So six go, uh, 4 goes into 6 one time times 4 is 2. You bring down the 0. 6 goes into 20. 4 goes into 25 times. 5 times 4 is 20. Subtract, you get 0. You bring down the 8. 4 goes into 8 two times. So it's $152 a quarter. Okay? Is that right? Did I do that right? B. B is the answer. <laughs> okay. So that's how we figure that one. Okay? Next problem, and we only have a few more to go. Okay. Okay, next problem. Okay, an apartment complex. Apartment complex, a big building with a lot of apartments in it. Okay, apartment complex. Cost $450,000. It brings in a net income of $3,000 per month. Notice we got, okay, we, we should start to see a pattern here now. We're talking always on a monthly basis, okay? So we know that when we do that, we're going to, and we're doing it with a percentage, we're going to convert something, right? Okay, per month. The owner is making what percentage return on her investment, okay? So the first thing we need to do is what? Apples to apples. 
So we know that we're going to have to take this $3,000 per month, and we're going to have to multiply it times 12 months, which is going to be $36,000, okay? And we know that the building costs $450,000. This is another one of those Yuba Pyramid deals, okay? Because we know we're looking for an interest rate, so that's the unknown quantity. We know that the $3,000 or $36,000 is what we're making on it. We know that this is what we've invested in it. Okay, so what we need to do is this is, again, a Uber pyramid thing. So let's go ahead and do this one. All right. Step one. Step one is to take the $3,000 a month and multiply that times 12 months. Okay, and that's going to give us 36 thousand dollars a year okay we now that we know that and we've and you may say well how do we start to notice this it, it's again it's by you know it's by doing problems over and over again the analogy i like to use is this if you've ever been in a strange town or a strange city or a strange community when you first get there and you're walking around you're probably lost after you've been there for a few days, you start to realize where the buses are, where the trains are, how to get around. What's the difference between the first day and, say, the third or the fourth day? It's because you've walked around. You've gotten familiar with the territory. You know what's going on. It's the same thing with this stuff. The more you're around it, the better, better you get at it. So, again, we're going to use the Uber pyramid. Let me see if I can do over here like this. Okay. So we're going to draw the pyramid. We happen to know that up here is 36,000, okay? That happens to be what was made. We know down here, this is where the percent is going to go. This is what we're looking for. This is, in reality, the question mark. And we know that the people actually ended up um, buying or, you know, the place is worth $450,000, okay? Now that we know all of this stuff, we can do the math. So I'm going to go back to the calculator for a minute. Okay, see if I can flip the calculator here. One more. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the $36,000 in the top, and I'm going to divide that by the $450,000, and bing, bada, bing, it's 8%. Okay, what I need to do now to get the percentage is move the decimal point back the other way. So as an example... Now that I know it's 8%, you know, as a result of that, I know that they told me, or they told me it was 0 0.08. So what I've got to do is in order to answer the question, I have to move the decimal point back here to, and therefore that's equal to 8%. And that's the answer. Another way to look at it is what would, ha what would be the end result if I took $450,000 and put it in the bank at 8%? It would give me $36,000 a year. If I wanted to know what this amount is here and I was given a percentage, I could take the 8% and divide it into 36,000, and it would give me that. In fact, it helps sometimes to have problems that you solve where you know what the answers are going to be. So then it kind of drives home you know, your approach, how you do it. Okay. Next problem is, okay, right here. I think this is it. Let me see if I can zoom this down a little bit. Okay. 
Yeah, we did that one. Okay. Uh, question number eight. Okay. It says, uh, Broker Jones negotiates a lease. Okay. For a 3,000 square foot warehouse storage space at a monthly rent of 50 cents per square foot. Okay. Jones' commission is 8% of the first year's gross. Uh, gross. Jones will receive how much money? Now, a couple things that we need to know about. First of all, it's 3,000 square foot. That's how big the building, the structure is, the warehouse, whatever we can put in there. We need to sort of visualize that in our mind. Empty space, 3,000 square feet. We're going to put something in there. I don't know, a boat, car, something. Furniture. And we're going to pay, every month we're going to pay 50 cents per square foot to the the owner, to the to the landlord. So if, if I'm paying 50, 50 cents per square foot and it's 3,000 square feet, 50, half or 50, 50 cents per square foot is $1,500 per month is what I'm going to do, what I'm going to write a check for to the owner. But remember, when this broker negotiated this lease, he's going to get paid a commission on 8% of what the yearly gross is for the first year. That's how his commission is, uh, is determined. So what are we going to do then? Very simply, we're going to step one. We're going to take the square footage, okay, which is 3,000 square feet, and we're going to multiply that times 0 0.05, which is uh, 0 0.50. Sorry, 0.5. Let me do that again. Another piece of paper. I'm going through paper like crazy. We're going to take 3,000, <laughs> 3,000 square feet, square feet, we're going to multiply that times 0 0.50 or 50 cents a square foot. When we do the math for that, it's going to be $1,500 per month, month, okay? That's how much we're going to pay the landlord. Now, over a year's period of time, we're going to pay this 12 times, Okay? So 2 times 0 is 0, 2 times 0 is 0, 2 times 5 is 10, carry the 1, 2 times 1 is 2, and 1 is 3. We've got 0, 0, 1 times 5 is 5, 1 times 1 is 1, 0, 0, 0, 8, 1, 2 decimal points, no, no decimal points, which is going to be $18,000 a year. That's how much money we are going to end up paying that landlord. Now, our friendly broker, his commission for negotiating that lease is going to be 8% of the first year's gross. So it's going to be times 8%. And remember, we have to move the decimal point over to do the math. We go 8 times 0 is 0. 8 times 0 is 0. 8 times 0 is 0. 8 times 8 is 64. 8 times 1 is 8, and 6 is 14. Okay? We can do all the zeros and everything else, but basically it comes out to two decimal points. That broker has been paid $1,440 commission. That's how we figured that. Okay? So if we're asked another question and it's on a warehouse or a space or an office space or a home or whatever it happens to be, that's how we solve that problem. Next, getting close to the end, we've got to hurry up here. Next one is number nine. It says Frank, 
Frank, holds a five-year deed of trust with a, 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 that was paid off at 7.2% interest per annum. If the total interest he received from the borrower was $4,140, what approximately was the original amount of the loan? Now, remember, they're telling us what he totally received. He totally received $4,140 from the person. Okay? We also know that's the total over all those years. Okay? Um, And so what we need to do, what was approximately was the original amount of the loan? So what we need to do is we know that he's paid this for five years. He's paid it off. He's not paying anymore. He's done. So in order for us to figure out how much he paid on an annual basis, we have to divide five into whatever he paid. That tells us what he did on an annual basis. Then what we have to do, that's what he made. Then we have to divide that by the 7.2, which is using the Uber pyramid. Okay, and that'll tell us how much was originally the original amount of the loan. Okay, so let me do this really quickly. Okay, and I'm going to get uh, some figures here, I think, from my friend here. This is number nine. So what we're going to do is we have an amount of interest that he received of $4,140 for the five years. And five goes into 40, um, eight times. Eight times five is, is it 828? $828. Okay, that's how much a year. Okay, a year. His rate was 7.2%. So we know we have to move this decimal point over to here. Okay, now this is the way the pyramid goes. Let's take and draw the pyramid. Okay, pyramid goes like this. Goes across like this. What he made for a year was $828. The interest, which goes down here, is 0.072. When we divide this into this, this will tell us how much money he had invested originally. And our friend's going to tell us what that is. $11,500. Okay. If you put this and divide it into the calculator, divide it by this, it will give you this. It's just the same thing as saying, okay, if I have $11,500 at an interest rate of 7 7.2%, what's my yearly rate, uh, interest going to be? Same thing. Okay. One more to go, and I hopefully will be able to finish this. Okay. Last one. A builder constructed a home for $350,000 and sold it for a 20% profit. What was the amount of the profit? Okay. What was the amount of the profit? Okay. So what we have to do is we have to take and figure out the $350,000 has to do with how much money he originally, the builder constructed a home for $350,000. That's what his cost was. He made a 20% profit. What we have to do is we have to figure out how much he sold the property for in the end. Okay? And... um, what that amounts to is, let me see if I can do this. Okay. His original cost was, and I'm wondering, can we use the Uber pyramid to do this? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so we have the pyramid. Okay, so what's ending up happening is he had, uh, okay, let me see, he had 20% profit, 20% profit. He actually originally put in $350,000, is that right? Okay, and what we want to do is figure out his profit. And the question is, is how do we do that? Okay, so if we do the multiplying, and did this work out for you? Okay, so we do $350,000 times, and what was the answer on this, by the way? Um, okay, times 20%. And when I do the math, what does that work out to be? Because I'm running around 70,000. Okay, and that was his, okay, 70,000. So what we really need to do is to say what he really sold his place for is he put a cost, this is what it cost, and what he really sold it for was 350,000 plus a 70. So his sales price of the home was actually 400, right? And... Uh, let me see, four hundred and four hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's what he sold it for. Okay, because he paid three fifty, he sold it for four. Uh, he sold it for four twenty, and he made a profit of seventy thousand dollars. Okay. Anyway, that gives you an idea of um, some of the problems that you will run into in the real estate business. Um, very, very important that you understand how to do the math. It's critical. Again, you don't want to be the one standing in front of the judge or telling the client that you're sorry, but you miscalculated something and they actually had to come up with another five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. The way that you really get to be good at this is by doing a lot of math problems or a lot of problems. And this does also happen to be the thing that most people fall down on in the, in the real estate exam. So with this, I want to thank you very much for watching, and we will see you back here again. Take it easy. Bye-bye.